Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This show is brought to you by the Loyalty and Awards Conference, the leading annual event for loyalty professionals in the travel industry. Make sure to join us this year from the 10th to the 12th of October in Madrid for the perfect mix of inspiring content and exciting awards. Check out loyaltyandawards.com for more information and to register. So, Derek Whitworth joining me today from a snowy Toronto. Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. It's a pleasure to be here. Great, great. And for the audience, I will say, Derek, that you and I met in a sunny Dubai, um, <laughs> which probably feels, feels like a million years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> Even for me, I have to say, yeah. Derek. So it was, you know, back in October at the Loyalty and Awards Conference. So we had a wonderful time. You won a fantastic award, which hopefully we'll talk about today. Um, but before we get into our conversation, Derek, please do tell me, what is your favorite loyalty program? So I, I had to think about a lot of different loyalty programs, but I thought I would talk about the one that I, I use the most, um, which in Canada is, I believe, one of Canada's largest, if not the largest program is PC Optimum. It's a retail program. And uh, listen, they just do an amazing job with kind of getting you on the wheel, uh, keeping an eye on the offers, getting you to earn, getting you to burn. Um, it's, uh, it's just a really great program. And frankly, I think they've done a lot of things right that, uh, that we're thinking about in terms of how we keep members actively engaged with Aeroplan day in and day out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Aeroplan has to be one of the most iconic loyalty programs in the world, dare I say. Um, I was even looking back on the history that you sent me. Couldn't believe it dates back to 1984. So you have (laughs) 38 years of history that you have responsibility for. And uh, it certainly hasn't been a quiet time in these last few years. So I suppose we should start by saying, you know, what are you doing right now? Where has Aeroplan been, I suppose, on its journey over the last three or four years? So we embarked on a transformation with uh, Air Canada's loyalty strategy back in, I'm going to say, probably back in 2014 or 2015. And, and things really kind of heated up in 2017 when we announced a big move, which was to exit our partnership with uh, with Aeroplan. Aeroplan yeah. had been spun out of Air Canada back in about 2004, 2005. Mm. Um, and we were dealing with AMIA at an arm's length to actually operate the Aeroplan program. And, you know, we finally came to the conclusion that there were enough challenges for us from an airline perspective to actually operate the loyalty program that way that we said, we really need to bring it back in house. And that's, you know, for reasons like, doing a better job of controlling the customer experience, providing consistency Mm. um, to deliver better economic value to our customers, but, you know, more broadly to other stakeholders that we have. Um, And, you know, really thinking more about how does the loyalty program fit into the broader airline strategy? You know, we've seen it in many different areas of the airline, whether it's with our airline partnerships around the world, um, whether it's our uh, distribution strategies, loyalty plays a really critical role in all of that. And we wanted to have, uh, you know, um, control of our, our, our own destiny, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And it was super high profile, Derek. Um, and I suppose a lot of consumers uh, were initially, I suppose, very concerned. 
Um, and I think as you explained to me, there was essentially a perceived end date where when it was announced, it was going to be spun out. It was such an already loved brand that consumers were like, what are you doing with our program? All of that uncertainty is probably as a marketeer, which clearly you are at heart, it's very difficult to manage. So it, it all played out very publicly for you. It did. And that that was what was maybe most interesting about this versus other, you know, uh, kind of uh, corporate transactions that take place over the course of time. Like this is something that that was going to hit Canadians and consumers, you know, in some cases around the world, um, you know, directly in terms of how they engage with Air Canada and Aeroplan day in and day out. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think we probably spent months thinking about what is our communication strategy to be able to speak about this and, yeah. you know, provide a sense of reassurance that Air Canada was going to be doing the right thing for all of its uh, customers, whether Aeroplan members or not, mm -hmm. um, to make sure that they were ready to participate in whatever our, our future loyalty program was going to look like. So, you yeah. know, there was a lot of thinking that went into that. Um, a lot of it was kind of based on what we had seen in the Canadian marketplace, um, some other loyalty programs had made some changes that, you know, frankly, were front page news. So we wanted to make sure that we could wow. manage and control the narrative as much as we possibly could. Yeah. Um, but again, always thinking about how do we communicate and, and uh, you know, mm. set expectations with consumers in such a way that hopefully they're, they're going to feel confident that we are doing this for them and that they will come out on the other side with, uh, you know, an even better program uh, uh, to engage with. Absolutely. And when you say front page news for, for other programs, that doesn't sound like it was the right kind of front page news. Unfortunately not. You know, there, there's a lot that's gone on, especially in the space of, uh, you know, points or miles expiration. Um, that's something okay. that Canadians are very focused on with a lot of uh, well-loved loyalty programs. Okay. Um, Canada has many coalition loyalty programs. Of course. Um, and, and therefore, there's a lot of engagement and a lot of attention on what's going on in the loyalty space as a result. So uh, exactly, because there was this change okay. of strategy with one of our competitors that led to, uh, led to a lot of attention from a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So then when you decided you're bringing it back in house, um, Air Canada loves its customers, loves Aeroplan. I mean, that was a huge decision. And what I really loved, Eric, as well, is you decided to completely reimagine it. So it wasn't just a case of, you know, the ownership is changing and the program stays the same. It's this is our opportunity to essentially get a blank sheet of paper and start all over and with an incredible legacy, still take best of breed thinking and create something very new. So tell us a bit about what you're proud of, Derek, of all of the things you've done. I have a load of things you've told me about um, that I want to pick up on, but I'll, I'll certainly talk about specifically in terms of the insights. But tell me just like, what are you proud of that Aeropran now, early in 2022, has delivered in this digital transformation? I think the thing I'm perhaps most proud of is, you know, you, you mentioned the fact that that Aeroplan um, was reacquired by Air Canada. And, you know, we're in the midst of this, you know, enormous transformation. We're thinking about how we're going to build this new program. We're thinking about the technology and everything that goes along with it. But I, I think the thing that I'm most proud of is when we brought Aeroplan back in-house, how we all kind of came together and, and built one team to actually deliver on a completely transformed Aeroplan program. And what I mean is, mm. you know, the, the legacy Air Canada team that was focused on the launch of the new program, but mm. then bringing in all of this 
expertise and experience and knowledge from the aeroplan side. And, you know, looking at it both from an airline perspective, but also from a loyalty program perspective and kind of taking all of those insights to actually build something even better than I think what, um, what any of us, you know, on the Air Canada side very early Mm -hmm. on had in mind. So Mm -hmm. I think more than anything, like, like so many transformations, it really is about the people. Um, And that is what I'm proud of is that we've really managed to build a, a, a good team that is or a great team, to be honest, that, um, you know, has delivered something amazing and and is continuing to collaborate in such a way that I think we're Mm. just continuing to evolve the Aeroplan business to uh, to new heights. Mm. And from the background stuff that you sent me, Derek, I think what's impressive, you know, looking from the outside in, there's the combination of, um, I suppose, loyalty consulting firms. So, you know, for example, I think you got five different consulting firms to verify the landscape, you know, bring different perspectives. And that's obviously a very strategic and very comprehensive view that, to be honest, not everyone can afford or would even go to that level. So that's an extraordinary amount of investment. I also know that you uh, spoke to, I think the number was over 36,000 consumers, which was an extraordinary number. So to get the feedback as to actually what customers were saying, and when you talk about the front page news as context, you know, I think when members feel heard, there's a whole different opportunity to bring together, yes, what the consulting guys might say, your loyalty technology partners might say, but also with what your consumers are saying. I think that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, well, I, I will say uh, on, on the front of uh, some of the consulting partners and, and uh, agencies that we worked with, it was a pretty exciting project within Canada. <laughs> so I think for a lot of them, they were like, yeah, we're, we're willing yeah. to, you know, co-invest a little bit here totally. to be involved. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, to your point, the number of stakeholders involved in this and the, you know, the number yeah. of voices that are involved to get it right. Um, it, it, it's tough to kind of see the forest through the trees in those situations. But I, I think from the get-go, we really did want to put the member first in a lot of our decisions. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean that we didn't have to answer to our finance teams and other teams internally, because we certainly did. But I, yeah. I think uh, doing right by our members was was always kind of job number one, especially mm. going into a situation where we were potentially, you know, uh, going to be looking at them and saying, yeah, your points aren't coming into the new program. Yeah. Um, obviously, we had a good news story for them eventually on that front once we reacquired Aeroplan. But, um, yeah. you know, if we didn't if we didn't get ourselves off on the right foot um, with our members, you know, what the heck are we doing this for? You're totally right, actually, because it's it's almost the opportunity for disloyalty or just to breed total, you know, confusion, actually, sometimes. Yep. Um, yep. So to get past that, to have all of the messaging totally brought in and then things which I think are very practical, Derek, and you can obviously talk through it a lot better than I can. But, you know, simple headlines like, you know, every seat that's available for sale is available for points. Like the the clarity, the accessibility, like that itself was probably quite a difficult commercial decision to make, would you say? Well, so, you know, to be honest, Aeroplan prior to the acquisition had a had a similar concept. You know, Aeroplan members could get access to to almost every seat on Air Canada. Um, but frankly, it was the under underlying economics that were challenging that more than anything else. So I, I think, you know, to your point, we finally got to a place where we could truly say any seat, any flight, you've got it on points. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the real challenge in all of that was the, 
you know, the, the pricing, uh, the technology underpinning it to make sure that we could deliver on that commitment and frankly, deliver on it in such a way that, you yeah. know, we're not charging a member an extraordinary amount of points yeah. um, whenever they want to fly. So, you yeah. know, it, it really does come down to what we had to build underneath to be able to, to make these claims. Yeah. Yeah. And I've often said on the show, Derek, that the, the guys in revenue management in airlines are always the ones that actually I, I admire. And I just, the, the, the level of complexity that comes on that side of the business, which clearly is exactly what you had to manage for loyalty, exactly the same thing. As you said, you've got to give value and uh, competing, you know, opinions and ideas. So to pull that off, I just think is fantastic. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, I, I will say, as you were saying that about revenue management teams, I, I, I should say for people who are listening, I am nodding because I, I think we have probably one of the best revenue management teams in the business at Air Canada. Yeah. Um, you know, two things were, 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 uh, lucky to be supported by a head of commercial who actually started her career in aeroplanes. So she knows the value of loyalty. There's no, you know, debate okay. or discussion about that. Wonderful. Um, but I'd also say, you know, our, our RM teams, they were as unsatisfied with the legacy aeroplane construct as we were on the loyalty side. So, you know, it was great because we we kind of were coming at it from the same perspective, um, you know, obviously maybe with, with slightly different financial objectives to uh, to balance out. But um, mm. I, I would say even through to today, uh, mm. you know, the conversations that we are having are, are extremely productive. And, and I think a large part of that is because of what we actually built together such yeah. that, you know, the way that we're pricing and the way that we're forecasting and modeling um, is not just taking a loyalty program view, it's taking a loyalty program and an RM view for kind of enterprise value as well as value back to the member. Yeah. Yeah. And RM is revenue management then for the, the non-airline people who are listening. Yes. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, when I worked in um, uh, British Airways originally, Derek, I used to say this actually feels like a different language, like oh, yeah. the level of jargon acronyms. And, you know, that was before I got into loyalty, but, you know, just to, to figure out how to talk airline speak. So <laughs> I, yeah, you, you've got to learn the airport codes. You've got to all the, totally. all the, all the TLAs, the three-letter acronyms, is uh, as we call them. Yeah, totally. Yes, and yeah. airports. My favorite was always uh, Dublin DUB, obviously where I'm from, and DXB, yeah. uh, which is obviously DUB Dubai. Um, I was always like, which one is which? <laughs> <laughs> where am I going? Am I going home? Where, am where I going is home? or going to the Middle East? Exactly. Yeah. Totally cool. And then I suppose on the more innovative side, Derek, um, I saw something in one of your slides about an idea where members can, for example, bid for an upgrade at check-in. And I thought that was a gorgeous concept. I have a friend who's who's traveling literally this week. And I think it might be the first time uh, with, uh, she's actually traveling with Emirates out of Dubai, but it's the first time I think she's upgraded. So it's a fabulous experience, obviously, to do that. But obviously you don't always have enough points in any loyalty program to upgrade. So it sounds like you found a solution, um, you know, to, to give people the maximum chance to get an upgrade if they have some points compared to maybe be whoever else is traveling on the same flight. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's interesting because Aeroplan, unlike, you know, basically every other loyalty program in the world did not have a robust um, upgrade program. So upgrade with your, your points. Okay. Which, you know, we, we were very much behind the eight ball on that, but, but the reality is the, the economic considerations between Air Canada and Aeroplan made that quite challenging. Mm. Um, so, you know, when we were setting out to 
you know, relaunched the program, we kind of said, okay, do we want to move in the direction of something like what programs have done where they kind of set a, a value of points that are required, but maybe you're going to have to pay a certain amount of cash. And we said, no, that's not the direction that the industry is going in. So, you know, we have a great partner um, in PlusGrade, another uh, uh, Canadian-based um, technology firm that works with many airlines around the world. Mm. Um, and we kind of reimagined our upgrade product uh, with points uh, based on that. Um, and effectively, to your point, allowing people to kind of say, you know, maybe for this trip, I'm willing to pay a little bit more in points because I really want the upgrade, as opposed to, and I've, I've, you know, I can tell you, I have friends who have certainly done this where they've said, yeah, I don't care that much about the upgrade on this trip, but I'm happy to put in a bit. And if I get it, I get it and I'm happy, but I'm, yeah. I'm not going to pay as much as I would perhaps otherwise. So yeah. yeah, this is, this is definitely a place where I think we, we maybe broke a bit of the, uh, the frequent flyer program paradigm with upgrades. Um, and yeah. our, our customers have been taking advantage of it and have been really positive about it, which is great. Oh, cool. Because I do worry with something like that, that again, you know, I'm like, this is what I think this means. But when you are breaking a paradigm, you probably have that extra communication challenge to make sure that people kind of get it and go, okay, yeah, it works. Or, or I understand how to try this out. So was it challenging, would you say, or did people kind of go, oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Just give it a go. Well, so, you know, the, the interesting consideration in so much of this is we we launched a lot of these products in the midst of the pandemic. Um, oh we God. actually <laughs> introduced the, the bid for upgrade with points. I want to say sometime maybe in spring of 2020, it had always been on our road, a roadmap to launch it a couple of months ahead of the relaunch of Aeroplan. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those things where I, I think we're all kind of watching to see, okay, as, as pasture volumes creep back up, are we getting different types of feedback because people are now interacting with this for the first time yeah. uh, because they haven't been traveling over the past two years. But so far we haven't seen that. We've just seen more people wanting to take advantage of it. So, um, but you know, Wonderful. back to that point, it is something that we are very cognizant of, of yeah. we launched a lot of this in a period where very few people are traveling. Do we have to make some adjustments because, mm. you know, now people are suddenly traveling again and, and maybe there are things that we didn't take into account, especially mm. when we were designing certain things, maybe in a pre-pandemic context. Of course. Yeah. And again, I don't think any of us expected, you know, um, at any point, maybe we still don't, that it's going to, you know, continue this pandemic, you know, yeah. feels like yeah. the longest thing we've any of us have ever been through. But um, certainly the airline industry, like I, I feel, you know, most, you know, I suppose just empathy for in terms of, you know, whether it is a snowstorm. Again, my friend who's traveling has a 5G issue causing cancellation of her flight today. Got it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, the operational challenges are just unbelievable. And that's before you get into communicating, this is our program, this is how much we love you and how we're trying to make it better. It is, it is not an industry for the faint of heart. I, you know, to, to your point, it's, it's funny, you know, I, we, we were talking about exiting Aeroplan back in 2017 and we said, well, in June of 2020, we'll no longer be participating in Aeroplan. And sometimes yeah. I go, can you imagine if that's what we were dealing with in the midst of the pandemic, if, if we hadn't reacquired and, yeah. um, but, you know, to your point, we've, we've dealt with the 737 max over the past couple of months. Um, you yeah. know, obviously all of the implications around the pandemic, but, uh, yeah, yeah. to your point, it's like, if, if you want to get into this, you should be prepared that what you think is going to happen by the end of the year is going to be wildly <laughs> different than what winds up happening at the end of the year. But I think uh, what I hear from you, like me, is that it's utterly exhilarating, like the, the totally. whole industry. 
Humbly. I miss the airline business. My goodness, I'm I'm super envious. You can probably tell right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's. I mean, to your point, it's not. It's not without the days where you go, "Oh my goodness, what the heck are we doing?" But totally, it's it's yeah. yeah it's just you're always faced with kind of new challenges, and then yeah. you know, thinking about how you actually can engage customers through it all. I, I think that's what keeps a lot of us going. Yeah, and and I think just at its you know essence in terms of simplicity, just travel alone is super inspiring. So anything yep. we can do to facilitate that, actually, you know, in whatever form. So I, I do think that probably comes back to it all. And obviously, a beautiful country like Canada, which, by mm. the way, I have not yet been to. So please, you know, <laughs> it's it's time. It's time. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. And and frequent nonstops from uh, from Air Canada from uh, Dubai back to Toronto. So uh, oh my you know, goodness, love to see you here sometime. Oh my goodness, you know, any excuse, Derek, I will hop on a plane, I promise. Um, the other part, which I loved as well, in terms of your new proposition, and this actually was quite amusing when we talked together before, Derek, was the whole piece around, you know, whether or not you should have to pay taxes when, you know, you're getting your redemption flight, you know, you've been saving, you've been monitoring, you know, obviously it's a, it's a big deal, that moment of truth. And you had some surprising feedback, I thought, from a couple of people in terms of their perception of paying the taxes on a redemption flight. So I'd love if you'd share that with the audience, because I thought it was very insightful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, to, I'll, I'll say up front, this, this is the type of thing that really came out of deep um, uh, in-person research that we did with, uh, you know, dozens of, uh, of consumers. You know, one of our hypotheses going into the redesign of Aeroplan was we were expecting consumers to say, yeah, we, we don't like paying taxes. Uh, we'd rather just pay everything in points. Uh, and, you know, we don't want to take out our credit card when we pay for rewards. So this notion of totally free rewards was something we thought was uh, was going to be very important. Um, but there were some things that actually fell out of those, those conversations. One of the things was consumers said, look, I, I don't like it when you put a, a fuel surcharge or a carrier surcharge on a reward, which we knew, and we took that yeah. to heart in the redesign of the program. Mm -hmm. But, you know, consumers in Canada said, listen, we live in Canada. We know that we have to pay taxes. Uh, we accept the fact that we're going to have to pay taxes on, on rewards. That's not Air Canada's doing. Um, you know, that's okay. not any airlines doing that's, that's the government's doing. Okay. But the, the piece of feedback that we thought was most interesting, which I think maybe you're, you're talking about is, um, a number of people said to us, well, actually, we really like paying a little bit of cash on our credit card because it immediately makes the purchase eligible for travel insurance, um, which we thought was just such an insightful comment yeah. from a from a consumer it was like, yeah, that that makes sense. By putting this value onto your credit card, now all of a sudden this trip is going to be eligible for the travel yeah. insurance benefit on your uh, on your co-brand card. So you yeah. know, it was it was little insights like that that really became important um, in terms of informing the uh, the final design of the program. But I, I will say we did net out in a place where we are certainly giving customers the option to say, I want to pay for the the reward fully in points. That option mm. is available, mm -hmm. um, but. But, uh, you know, it told us that shouldn't be the only option available. This is a place where optionality is a good thing. Yeah, it's extraordinary. And, and I think a credit to you guys that you have such highly engaged members that, again, sometimes know our programs better than we do. For sure. <laughs> For absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yep, indeed. <laughs> and there was another lovely point as well that you made, Derek, which um, 
I think probably has to top my favorite statistic of the year. Um, and it was just in the deck that you sent me. So, you know, I'll just uh, share it for, for the audience. Um, and, you know, I, I was always asking people about their favorite loyalty statistics. But the one about Aeroplan that really I thought was beautiful was 90% of the people that you um, did this qualitative research with knew their Aeroplan number by heart. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's amazing the number of people who are just that passionate about the Aeroplan program. Now, obviously, we're not expecting everyone in Canada to uh, to know what no. uh, to be able to um, kind of <laughs> say it, it say it exactly. <laughs> um, but no, for for many people, it is clear that the Aeroplan program is a, is a really important part of their day to day life, and and for some of these people, it is part of their day to day life just because they're getting on a plane that often. So uh, no, it was yeah. it was fascinating to see the number of people who actually have it committed to memory. My God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know my credit card number by heart, but I still have to look up <laughs> everything else. My God. So yeah, I love that. And then I guess, yeah, to that point about, I suppose, the everyday engagement, Derek, I think you've done a lot more in terms of partnerships and just broadening the opportunity for earning beyond the airline. And I know there's family propositions, but maybe you just talk through how have you made the program more accessible? And I guess, you know, maybe on both the earn and the burn side, because I saw a nice little word, which is micro redemptions. Well, I'd love you to talk about that part as well. Yep, absolutely. So I guess a couple of things here, you know, we, we relaunched the program uh, in, in uh, the fall of 2020. And I would say 2021 was really um, the year of partnerships. Um, and our, our partnerships team has been uh, has been working, you know, nonstop to implement exactly as you described, uh, everyday engagement opportunities for members with the Aeroplan program. So, you know, enabling members to uh, earn when they're getting coffee at Starbucks, or when they're taking nice. an Uber, when they're ordering in with Uber Eats, which obviously I think is highly relevant uh, in the totally. pandemic, but but especially <laughs> in the pandemic when it is snowing outside for oh us up God. here in Canada. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in a year where a lot of people didn't have reason or, or didn't feel comfortable yet flying, um, this was a great opportunity for us to keep Aeroplan and by extension, Air Canada top of mind for consumers. So yeah. I think we've been really excited to see just, just the volume of engagement and the, the Uber partnership, which uh, allows members to link their Aeroplan profile with uh, with their Uber profile, mm. really only launched, I want to say, in maybe the second week of December of last year. And we've already seen, you know, tens of thousands of members who have actually signed up for it without any sort of uh, communication out to customers about it. So, wow. you know, it, yeah. we're delighted to see the number of people who are logging into our, our digital channels and choosing to engage with this as soon as they're seeing that it's available to them. Um, and then, you know, to your point on micro redemptions, I think this is a big area of focus for us heading into 2022, which is enabling members to redeem not just for reward, but, you know, maybe they want to treat themselves to uh, an extra legroom seat um, or Wi-Fi on board their flight. You know, there was this notion of loyalty programs for a long time that, you know, you, you, you can only allow someone to redeem for something that's at least, you know, the basic, mm, uh, mm. you know, 12,500 uh, point reward somewhere domestically. Yeah. And I think a lot of airlines have kind of turned that on its head to say, no, like let's get people engaged and let's get them earning and redeeming on a much more frequent basis. Because I, I think if there's anything that all of us agree to in the loyalty industry, it is the mm -hmm. fact that as soon as you get a member to redeem, mm -hmm. there's something in their brain that is immediately going, okay, I got to get back, back on the hamster wheel and start earning again. So yeah. I, I think that's the way that we look at this notion of micro redemptions. It's very different than uh, you know, way, the ways that loyalty programs have, have approached it in the past. But I mm. think as long as we make sure that these redemptions are, are uh, you know, 
uh, well-priced for members and, and profitable um, uh, yeah. for us from an airline standpoint, it, it's the right thing to do overall. Okay, wonderful. And, uh, and so am I right in understanding then, so your entire micro-redemptions are Air Canada products? Um, I mean, have you looked at doing those externally, for example, with partners, or is that something that you're thinking about? So we do, you know, we talk more about micro-redemptions internally as kind of Air Canada micro-redemptions, but, you know, Aeroplan offers, you know, plethora of opportunities to redeem your points for uh, uh, car rentals, for hotels, gift mm-hmm. cards, uh, merchandise, you know, all of the things that you would expect from a, from a no- normal loyalty program. You know, mm-hmm. I made a redemption for a, a, a car rental uh, for a day or two last fall, and I, I think it came out to something like less than 5,000 Aeroplan points. So, you know, wow. even that's a great example of, of delivering that value back to uh, back to customers. Okay, so all about flexibility and lots more options. Exactly right. Wonderful. So uh, here we are um, coming into, I suppose, the middle of March. Sorry, pardon me, middle of February. So um, you had won, as I mentioned at the start of the show, a wonderful award already, which was the Excellence in Management, which actually you must have been super proud of, Derek, because I don't think you'd won anything with the Loyalty and Awards guys before. So this, I think, was your first time on the radar and, you know, to come out with such a, a wonderful award, you must have been super proud. Well, it, 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 I, I certainly was. And back to my earlier comment, I mean, the, the amount of effort that went into this um, across our organization, whether, you know, at the management ranks, our, our frontline teams who learned a completely uh, new Aeroplan program, you know, I, I, I think the Excellence in Management Award really meant something to all of us because it reflected on the, the journey that we've been on, which yeah. has really been about managing an enormous transformation within a, uh, you know, uh, an equally enormous global airline. Yeah, yeah. And we were actually uh, sitting on the same uh, dinner table that evening. Yeah. And I do remember that you were calling your colleagues back in Canada and immediately sharing the news, which I actually even thought was an incredibly generous thing to do, was to make sure that as soon as you knew, they knew as well. So amazing it's- excitement. It's it's a shared reward or it's a shared recognition. Um, yeah. So no, absolutely. You know, it's I think it's just sad that we couldn't all be there together. Um, but <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, we certainly uh, we certainly took the opportunity to kind of celebrate amongst ourselves uh, in the office with uh, with yeah. some Starbucks that we had uh, earned some Aeroplan <laughs> points on. <laughs> well done, you. Yeah. So as we come into the rest of 2022, fabulous year ahead. I mean, I'm certainly very excited. Given that you've been through, uh, let's say, the hard part, um, you've done, you know, complete, you know, redevelopment, reimagination, as we've said, rebuilding the program technically, you've done the communication, so you're out in market. So so what's next, would you say, then for, for Aeroplan uh, throughout this year? So I, I guess a couple of things, you know, first and foremost, I would say Air Canada, as we're, you know, hopefully exiting the pandemic over the course of the next couple of months. But, you know, even as things evolve, um, we know that self-service is going to be critically important. So we see Aeroplan as a driver uh, uh, to increase engagement across our digital channels um, and to get people, you know, downloading our app, self-serving where they can on our website or or Mm -hmm. other channels that we have available to them. Um, So I think the notion of Aeroplan and service of Air Canada um, over the course of the next year is going to be critically important. We've Mm -hmm. obviously seen Aeroplan as as an accelerator of engagement when people aren't flying, but as we see more people returning 
learning to the skies. We really want to use Aeroplan as that kind of catalyst yeah. um, uh, from a self-serve perspective. I, I will say too, you know, there's there's a number of things that uh, we didn't necessarily deliver when we relaunched the program. And um, as I think you heard me speak a little bit about in Dubai, we were very strict about scope, what was in scope versus what was out of scope. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I think we're at a point where we're still kind of getting some things out the door, you know, micro redemptions and enabling members to use points for, for things more broad than just, let's say, flight rewards or upgrades or things like that. That okay. is very much on our radar screen for this year. Yeah. Um, and then we have a number of other things that we want to do to enable members to more easily uh, redeem for flight rewards to uh, you know, maybe uh, for more exotic types of itineraries that include stopovers, um, you know, other types of international trips. Um, and then, you know, even further, finally enabling our members to uh, change rewards online, which is something that we know that they've been looking for for a long time. So, you know, mm. all that to say, I think if there's if there's one kind of headline for us, it is really about the self-serve. Um, but again, it, it, it's about making sure that Aeroplan is doing everything it, it can to support Air Canada as it, uh, you know, rebuilds um, out of the pandemic. So given that you've done such an amazing job, and I love that point, Eric, about being in service of the airline and clearly Aeroplan has had this, you know, fantastic legacy, uh, proven its value over the years. And Air Canada's had loyalty from top to bottom in terms of it's literally in your blood. But how would you say other sectors, and we opened by talking about retail, for example, like, do you think loyalty is something that's growing in importance for all industries? Or is it something that you think airlines are just particularly focusing on, given, as we said, the kind of challenges of the pandemic? I, I mean, I, I think it's across all industries right now. And I think what's amazing for all of us in the loyalty space is there's so many interesting ideas that are applied in different market segments um, or in different industries that we can actually kind of learn from and bring into our own industries. You know, I, I've, I've participated in a couple of loyalty conferences and panels and, you know, there's, there's brands big and small who are doing interesting things. They're introducing loyalty programs for the first time. Uh, you know, they're, they're getting people engaged on their digital channels and, and, you know, in, in industries that you wouldn't necessarily expect to have digital properties. They're, they're really making investments in that space. So, you yeah. know, I, I see this as something that, uh, many different industries are, are really kind of taking, um, taking to the top of their top of their C-suite to have a conversation about to say, look at what this is going to drive for the business as opposed to, you yeah. know, just basic cash back offers or coupons or things like that. Like there's a real opportunity to create a step change. I, I totally agree. And it's, um, you've reminded me today, actually, Derek, somebody just sent me a message and, you know, I would say he's probably in marketing, not in loyalty. And it was just really uh, interesting to me. His question, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this, was he was like, how do loyalty programs make money? Like he actually, you know, and he's not an airline guy, you know, definitely worked in, in grocery. But it was just really fascinating to, to have, you know, such a clear, simple and obvious question. So I definitely think that we probably have a job to do um, to kind of go, this is how profitable our industry can be especially when times are tough. And that I've often said is when I got into loyalty. So, you know, the 2008 recession and there's very few customers, for example, in telecommunications, the industry I was in. Sure. So churn reduction becomes a, a focus. And I just think we're, we're learning. And I really like your point as well, Derek, about learning from different industries. 
And again, thank you for sharing, particularly things like, you know, the micro rewards, things like bidding for upgrades, because that's exactly what this show is here to teach people. It's like, well, how could that work in my, you know, retail store, for example, um, or in another sector? So having gone through such a dramatic transformation, I think you've come out with something that people seem to love and is utterly transferable. So, um, yeah, I just think it's a really nice way to, uh, to get some new inspiration. Well, I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, it, it, it's actually an interesting question because I, I know I've certainly had friends and family members say, you know, <laughs> how, how is it costing so much to buy back Aeroplan? What, you know, what the heck is going on over there? And yeah. it, it is, it is a really, it is a really interesting thing to dive into the economics of loyalty programs, because to your point, so many people would say, well, it's all about the credit cards. And in many cases, that is the case. And sure. you know, certainly that was a consideration for Aeroplan. But, you know, the value in the data, um, yeah. the value in the opportunities to engage customers, the value to do a better job of allocating marketing dollars. Um, you know, these are these are hard costs that are hitting businesses and, you know, yeah. businesses like ours that are operating on razor thin margins, like there's real upside to generate off of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, what I'm hearing coming through from you guys is even the opportunity for surprise and delight, because, you know, things like Starbucks being a part of the program really is an unexpected, you know, aspect perhaps for an airline. So I think that surprise and delight piece is sometimes difficult to integrate into the, the transactional side of our business um, and to deliver on that emotional benefit, which I know you guys are super clear on. Yeah. And, and I will say, I think that's, that's a space that we want to play in even more next. You know, I, I mentioned to you previously, we, we did a big transformation of our um, passenger service system, which is effectively the heart of the airline that kind yeah. of was the precursor or something we had to do in advance of the relaunch of the Aeroplan program. Mm. Um, but, you know, with, with all of this underlying technology, it actually gives us the ability to scale that type of surprise and delight mm. um, and, and deliver it in a, you know, a much more meaningful and contextual way for customers. So mm. I, I I think as we kind of, again, hopefully are starting to climb out of the pandemic, that's a huge area of opportunity for us to actually deliver on those types of experiences in ways that yeah. really we, we didn't have the capabilities to execute on um, in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So if I was to summarize what you've said, I think what I'm hearing, and it's actually a political slogan in Ireland, but obviously in a nice way, <laughs> lots done, but lots more to do. Would that be fair? Oh, that is the story of Aeroplan right there. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Brilliant, Derek. Well, listen, that's all the questions I have from my side. Um, is there anything that we haven't touched on in terms of Aeroplan that, that you would like to mention before we wrap up? No, I, uh, you know, I hope we'll uh, maybe have the opportunity to continue the dialogue and maybe we can talk more about uh, other learnings that have come out over the course of, uh, of 2022, maybe sometime later this year or into next. Absolutely. And I know our friends obviously have announced the same conference will be coming up um, in Europe. I don't know if it's official and um, okay. the actual city. So hopefully you and I can sit and have a, a coffee or a cocktail, who knows, um, later in the year, compare notes and catch up on everything that you're doing. So with all of that said, I just want to thank you for a lovely conversation, for some extraordinary work and inspiring the whole audience. So Derek Whitworth, Managing Director of Marketing and Loyalty Optimization at Air Canada. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you so much. This show is sponsored by The Loyalty People, a global strategic consultancy with a laser focus on loyalty, CRM and customer engagement. 
the loyalty people work with clients in lots of different ways. Whether it's the strategic design of your loyalty program or a full service, including loyalty project execution. And they can also advise you on choosing the right technology and service partners. On their website, the loyalty people also runs a free global community for loyalty practitioners. And they also publish their own loyalty expert insights. So for more information and to subscribe, check out theloyaltypeople.global. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews. And thanks again for supporting the show.